I have pressed the record button. We are recording the show. Yay. We are recording. Recording the show. This is the audio podcast. And it is show number 37, not yet seasonal. Um, no, we, we why... are in Advent, but we are in the UK, so we haven't had a big big holiday, and it's not quite December, so I'm not willing to concede the seasonality of the show just yet. Us being British and all. And all that, yes. <laughs> and humbug. Um, oh, humbug and all that. But next week will be December, won't it? So I, I think it will. We'll, we'll go for it then, yeah. We'll we have to <laughs> pile on the festive cheer. <laughs> it is, well... Yeah, so that starts show 37 then with some digital audio history. Yeah, um, I, I thought this was a great, a great article. Now, it's actually from The Register. Um, now, the, the Register has a tagline which is biting the hand that feeds it, which is uh, that feeds IT. It's uh, tech news. Notoriously um, sensational at times and a little bit unreliable, so... Um, I, I'll just say that because that's kind of what it is as a website. <laughs> but this article itself is, is is a part one and is actually really well written. I thought it was quite an interesting article, very well written. Um, and for a lot of people who probably, well, if you weren't around at the time that kind of digital appeared, then this is probably history you're not really aware of because I don't know what your opinion is on it, Sam, but in my mind, we definitely kind of have this, there was the world of tape and then we ended up with Pro Tools. <laughs> and... Yeah, there was a ten year. Well, ten years was it? Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, it probably was about ten years where we hadn't quite. You know, I mean, where, where, where other things happened in the middle. You know, before computers truly became hard disk recorders and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a good article. I, I've read lots of histories of computer music and such the like, and this kind of came from a very different angle. Um, mm. kind of. Yeah, the sensational thing that you said about it certainly did seem to lean on some of the kind of contentious issues quite a bit. And, and it, yeah, it is a part one. It did leave me wanting more. So I look forward to the part two that comes whenever that might be. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I did enjoy the, at the very end of the article, it had a little, a little shot of um, formats that have gone, that have been and gone, which I thought was kind of, kind of fun. You know, the VHS ADAT. Um, I, I remember using ADAT. Um, yeah, I used ADAT. Um, in actual fact, I almost bought an ADAT rather than a laptop with my first ever, for my first ever laptop. Well, How about that? that was, uh, I was yeah, the first studio I was in was ADAT based. Well, the first big studio that I had prolonged access to. Um, yeah, and I was contemplating building the live rack. Like I have all these images of having a little portable rack with an ADAT machine with your eight channels on there of stuff, and then having some processes to do like live mixes with it. That was. That was my plan back in the day. Yeah, there's a bit of me that um, we, some, our regular listeners will be aware of the fact that we, for a while, were using a Emac to record the show. Yeah, um, and we stopped doing that. And then there was a bit of me which a bit of me realised a, a couple of weeks ago, and I've been looking into it that I, I don't really want to go back to an ADAT machine because that'd just be a little bit too too much work, I think. But there is a bit of yeah, me which yeah. thinks if I can get a multi track hard disk a multi track hard disk recorder at a sensible price, that would just sit in a rack and you you know that would be kind of nice so yeah but you know maybe maybe one day That's well we could we'll, we'll return to that thought um in the plunder i've just been reading plunder bits and oh. that's kind of along those lines um well, that's very we... cool. As always, if you if you want to go read the article, you can find the show notes at wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk. 
Should we skip on to? Should we skip the next one? Should we swap the order of the next two? Okay, then, if you want to. Part one, because that's we just talked about that part one article, and we've had our Shaw Myths part two has turned up. Oh, indeed, it has. Yes. So, yeah, more. Well, yeah, more myths about stuff that is either not completely true or not true. Very true. Uh, myth number seven: USB mics have inferior sound quality versus their analog XLR counterparts. Yeah. I think they're just making this up, aren't they? I I, this I've never myths, once so. heard that myth. No. no, there was there's one on there, and I've not got the page open. I'm not going to try to open it now because it might break the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> for for me, that is not everybody. Um, but there was one about sending phantom power to dynamic microphones, which I I can see that that is an actual myth that people do are concerned about. Yeah, there are and some it, microphones that you do have to be careful with. Yes. With phantom power, I'm saying there's certain more certainly more vintage equipment is a little bit more susceptible. Um, ribbon microphones, old valve mics, old valve mics that actually come with their own separate power power sources as well, are yep. notoriously bad for not coping with phantom power being sent into them. As a, you know. Yep. But I never even... heard of a dynamic mic getting broken by phantom power. It's a, nope. There you go. <laughs> Never heard of that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I I thought the whole USB XLR thing. There's a bit of me which is just nervous. I'm, I've had a player for USB mic, and as a kind of recording solution, it's kind of, you know like for a very for a home studio. Actually, to be honest, for a podcast situation, it might be kind of fun. Might you know a USB mic is probably kind of useful actually. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking. You know, you get rid of a rack. You you won't need any sort of sound proper sound card. You don't have to worry about converters, all that sort of stuff. But with the exception especially of that niche, someone, you know, what I mean, especially. I, well, I'm not using it right now. It's actually in for um for much needed repairs and it's rains. Um, but my, the MacBook Pro that only has the 13 inch one only has one audio thing, so only one audio socket jack hole. Um. So if you've got headphones in for a podcasting situation like I have now, then yeah, USB mic would actually be in order. I mean, seeing as we're going through the Google Hangout thingy and the audio quality is going to be crazy anyway, I don't, I'm not too worried about the high fidelityness here. Um, but yeah, it might, it might be nice to have something other than the little built-in microphone going. Yeah, that's so. yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, we, I, I think we've enjoyed that. I've, We've certainly enjoyed these uh, myths, haven't we? I think, as a yeah, you know. So, um, I think part two is meant to be the final part, though. It doesn't suggest there's a part three, unfortunately. Oh well, that's that's a real shame. But for the sure guys out there, we've enjoyed your 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 myths. Yeah. So that's been nice for us. We we thank you for your myth contributions. <laughs> <laughs> and what are we back <laughs> off to? You want to go uh, back an item now? Yeah, we may as well get that done. So this is um, audio bulb. Um, again, I don't have it on my screen, so this is from memory, but it's the Max for Live bulbs, M4L bulbs, That's which right, is yeah. a set of set of Max for Live plugins available. I think it's fifteen pounds for the suite, something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, and yeah, get a convolver, a distancer, a slower slider, and a spectral filter. Yeah. So it's a bunch, so they're things which, in a lot of in the Max world, doing spectral stuff and things like that is quite. I don't know, quite standard in a way, but having that as a plug-in within a session, like, 
is perhaps not quite so widely available? Am I? Is that? I don't know. Maybe I'm just being naive saying that. Well, these are built for use in Max for Live, aren't they? So it's yeah. that you know. I mean, if you're a, if you're a live user who's recently been playing with Max, then these are going to be kind of built solutions that you're going to be able to use straight away, which is probably very valuable. This, I do wonder though, like how the marketing work here, works here, because it, so say let's take it like that. Let's say you're a Max, say you're a live user, so you like live, and then you have to fork out quite a lot to get Max for Live before you can then start buying things like this. I, I mm. think, you know, coming from, it, from the other side, as a Max user for a long time, when they announced that Max for Live was coming out, I thought that that would be a great opportunity to have a look at Live and learn it and things. And I was put off by various things in, in the end and didn't go down that route. But Yeah. But then, even then, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be likely to buy such things because I'd be interested in building my own, and that'd be the reason that I have Max for Live. I don't know. It's, I, I, it's very. It seems very competitively priced. I'm just thinking. You know, fifteen pound is. If you know, I haven't. I haven't heard them. I haven't played with them. But fifteen pound seems very competitive price for them, for five yes. plugins. And I guess, well, there's probably an argument that says you could build them yourself in Max. At the same point. Five plugins for five plugins for fifteen pound. You know, I mean, if you if you're busy, if you if you've only got a limited amount of time, that's probably yeah. good value for money there, as opposed to the length of time you're spent maybe having to to build the things or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I think it's just it's just the and I I think that's yeah I, I agree with that completely. But I'm still hung up on the idea that to be in a position to use these in the first place, you've spent a lot of money already. And I don't know. I don't. I just don't get it. I, I, it's not. A, it's not a criticism of anything. And I'm sure these are absolutely great. And I'd like to have a play with them. I just don't have the technologies that would enable me to do that. So maybe if I did have those technologies, maybe I would pass over the monies and buy it. So maybe I just haven't thought about it enough. Very true. Something else you could have done with your money if you'd wanted to would have been to uh, pay for a holiday to the seaside. Yeah, we. I, I could have gone driving on the seaside, in fact, in big four by four, if I was in New Zealand. That's very <laughs> true, and you might have decided to take a whole set of microphones with you as well. Indeed, and or I could sit at home and um, witness such things happening and just buy the results of it because that's what's happened. The Beach Sound Effects Library—that was kind of tenuous. Bit of drawn out introduction to a story there. I, I thought that was nice. Uh, Hiss and Roar have released the uh, a new sound library of recordings made at a beach. Um, as always, the the article is full of uh, gratuitous photos of expensive microphones in peril. There's a nice <laughs> kind of behind the scene videos of four by fours being driven along beaches, and then chairs at beaches and stuff. And it's you know, yeah. And the um, there's a Vimeo video there with the and they've. Were, as well as the driving around introduction, they have scenes of waves crashing and they over, they, you know, with the microphones in view and then showing you which microphones are, you're listening to at that moment. And you can hear the difference between the wide stereo field and the narrow stereo field. And yeah, or if you're, or, or as my, my son was just watching, waiting for the waves to hit the microphone stands, he said, oh, they're going to fall in, they're going to fall in. But they didn't. But yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's fantastic. I like the way that they include, obviously, we've mentioned the photos already, but you also get the GPS coordinates, so you can uh, make a visit on Google Earth if you wish. Or, oh, wow, I didn't notice that. Or in no. real life if you want to. So I thought that was, that, that was pretty great, you know? Um, 40, $49, 24-bit, 96K, uh, you know, 5.1 gig uncompressed. That's quite a, quite a library. Three minutes of each thing? Mm-hmm. Each location, I think. From idyllic water laps to more turbulent surf. That's nice. (laughs) I love the way that people make these sound libraries. I hope it continues forever. It provides us with great amusement every week, doesn't it? Well, yeah. That's good. That's great stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So go check that out for sure. I'm saying that's, you know, obviously here in England right now, we're not going to be going to a beach for quite a while, I don't think, if ever. It's just... I don't know. I think they're maybe not sunny, sandy beaches like these, but um, like we're, it's quite a small island. There's a hell of a lot of beach around. That's very true. I, I agree. And to be honest, actually, though it won't happen this year, but in previous New Year's, I've actually taken a stroll along the seaside at, uh, at Fleetwood. So there you go. There you go. It was the biting, blasting gale force wind that I remember the most, as opposed to the idyllic lapping of the sea. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, talking about uh, wind noise. Ah, <laughs> excellent. It's the popper blocker. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be honest, I, I tend... I, I just want to... I'll just say to people, in case you're listening to the show and you've came to the conclusion that we keep on talking about products more and more and more, just, just so we're clear about it, if we ever get paid to mention one, we'll definitely let you know that that's happened. But the reason for this one being mentioned is because I, th- I thought it was just... I, I couldn't decide if it was actually a real product for a while. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I thought, you know, it's... Um, I thought I would, you know, we'd mention it anyway. I think it probably is a real product. It's presented in a humorous way, which kind of yeah. which makes it entertaining in itself. So... and. It's yep, basically so a bit of foam that you put inside the, uh, the the ball head of a dynamic microphone. They obviously don't mention it exactly what it is they're using, but I would go as far as saying it's an SM58. Well, you can in the um, video you can read oh, yes. the label, and it is definitely a sure SM58. Yeah, you can clearly see um, that. <laughs> which you know, kind of, yeah. I was no, I won't say that. Um, <laughs> but yes, you. Unscrew the thing, plop your popper blocker inside, and it blocks your pops. Awesome. Yep. It's a sort of, in the video, there's, there's a video on the thing, and he kind of demonstrates it with and without. And it is, it's subtle, but noticeable, is is the effect that's there. Yeah. Uh, definitely the case there, four ninety five each. Uh, and they ship worldwide. That's $4.95, by the way, sorry, I should say. So. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Cool. I don't have anything else to say about that, really. No. I'm kidding. Should we move on then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So, this is the next thing is another product. Again, we're not being paid for this, it's just stuff that's out. And I think that's kind of cool. It's a Tascam. Tascam IM2. So, it looks like they've chopped the end off of a, um, oh, what's is it? The DR05 or something, probably. Yeah, one of their DR recorders. Anyway, it's the it's the microphone unit, but it's got the brains removed, and you can plug it into your iPhone or similar device. 
And it, it actually plugs in via the dock connector, doesn't it, I think? Yes. Yes. So it yes. plugs in via, so via the dock connector, and then you basically get the ability to record onto your phone through this interface rather than, you know, yep. rather than using another recorder or using the, the ropey built-in recorder on the ropey built-in microphone. Yeah? Yep, it makes a good point. You know, if you these things can record HD video, but now you can have high-quality stereo sound on there at the same time, which can handle up to 125 dB sound pressure levels on, like, the built-in phone preamp, things that's, like that. That's, that's what they say. Yeah, um, I, well, one thing that, does, that made me laugh on this is, though, that when it says this about the 100 dB sound levels, the reason it says this is good is that you can capture the loudest concerts and instruments without distortion. Now... <laughs> Isn't, are you allowed to record concerts on your iPhone? Is that a, is that a, isn't that like not allowed or something? I don't know. Yeah, I'm fairly sure that's not really allowed, is it? And well, they've got it there as a selling point, but hey. <clears throat> but they don't make they don't make music. They make recorders. So yeah. they do. This actual show, um, you know, we we record it twice, but inevitably it ends up being unless something goes terribly wrong before the end of the show, we're almost certainly be using the recording from the DRO five recorder actually because very good it's it's plugged in i just thought people would be interested to hear that so yeah, yeah. there you go if you're listening to the show live then obviously you're not hearing it from that recorder but there you go or if you're watching back on the live stream recording oh yeah if you're watching back on justin tv then yeah you're not hearing it over the task i'm either no. but there you go I, kind of, I thought it was <laughs> a kind of cool thing it does I do just wonder about this kind of consolidation of devices, especially in this kind of way, because for me it just seems a little... I'm I'm not sure what the... I'm not sure if I really think this is actually worth doing, because my experience of my smartphone, and I don't have an Apple one, I have an Android smartphone, is that it tends to run out of battery quite often, and it tends to run out of storage quite often. So okay, well, going out, going out with the intention of carrying a separate item to enable me to record things onto it, would just you know just doesn't seem like a good idea i'd much rather have you know i carry my dedicated recorder quite a lot with me and you know it's well it's a little bit bigger than what's well, about the size of a 90s phone to be honest isn't it mm. but you know yeah. that's just me well they tascam have thought of this and they have on the so you have the microphone unit which plugs into the dock and then on the side of the unit with the microphones is a usb port and a and that's so that you can plug it into power for lo for longer recordings. So you can charge, mm. you can run off of external batteries. So they, they have thought of that. Oh, does it have a USB socket on the side of the thing? Yeah, that's what it says. Oh. A USB input is provided to charge your Apple iOS device for long recordings, either through a computer or Tascam's something power unit. Oh, power cool. I hadn't so, spotted that bit, you see. Oh, so what you're saying is that this could be a really handy... Um, for when you've forgotten to bring your Apple cable with you, you could use this to charge your iOS device using a USB socket. Via the microphone thing. Well, that would be a long... That's, that's one way of looking at it, yeah. So it's the highest fidelity recording mic, uh, iPhone charger. See, I'm we sold just, on that functionality. Yeah, like, it's the iPhone charger with stereo imaging. It's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tascam. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just saying that. I, yeah, I have a DRO5. Um, last week's show was uploaded 
the recording we made on the DRO5 was used just because, well, as part of the workflow, it's one of the easiest ones to get up quickly if it's fine. It's, if, it, if it's worked fine, yep. it's worked fine. So I tend to use it. That's cool, but it's fine. No, I, I think that's a, you know, if you like your iPhone, if you want your iOS device, sorry, to do everything, then, you know, this seems like a great product. And, you know, Tascam's, you know, well, my experience with Tascam recorders is they've been perfectly good, perfectly acceptable, perfectly good, reasonable quality. So, yeah, yep. there we go. Cool. <coughs> okay. Um, more hardware news. This is, well, this is firmware upgrades from Line 6, their pod for, the, well, their, the pod HD or pod HD Pro and pod HD 500 users get additional features with this upgrade. Yeah. So it's um, the upgrade will take you to version 1.4. So, yeah, I I think mm -hmm. to get it you just have to plug your uh, plug your pod into USB via the. There's a program you use to do that. Don't need to sync it all up and stuff. Yeah, so. it's called Line Six Monkey. There we go. That's yeah. all cool there. Get some extra bits. Um, enhanced MIDI control, a a hard gate, so a piece more presets and stuff like that, and a variable input impedance. Yeah. So this is um. Ooh gives you access through the software to control the actual analog circuitry on the input stage. So, yeah. Oh, that's a that's pretty cool. So I guess, I mean, my reading of this is that they were doing this anyway, because they're modeling, when they're modeling different amps and things, mm. they, they were probably changing the impedance in order to change the response of the sound. And so this update has just given you user access to that, rather than it being hard hardwired, hard-coded to the models, you can now select the resistor values yourself. Yeah. And oh. save them as part of the preset. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's a great idea to, to to expose that kind of flexibility. I was actually thinking about it the other way around momentarily. I was just like, why would you ever put programmable impedance, you know, like a programmable variable impedance input and then not expose it to the user, but I think your sentiment makes perfect sense of it. It's, it always was part of the, you know, part of the modeling phase, and now they're just exposing more of the fine control of it out, which is, yeah, yeah, which is cool. I like it. That's that's cool. The, the pods are great. And um, I'm trying to think which pod I have. I have. It's a red one that obviously doesn't help in the slightest. I'm sorry, everybody. That's. <laughs> I've, I don't know. I've, I've used one um, a fair bit. Um, but I've never, I've never owned one, and it never occurred to me that these things could get upgrades. Like you think of buying a piece of hardware, it's kind of fixed in time. But of course, these things are all doing digital stuff inside, so it's, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of seems, seems obvious now that I thought of it, that you're gonna get that they can reprogram that, and yeah, firmware updates, kind yeah. of, yeah, I guess that's cool. I, I have a classic pod. That's it. Po a pod version oh, okay. two is, is the one I have. I just don't. Know. There, you there you go. So this this upgrade this this update doesn't apply to you then. Oh. No. So, but that, that's okay. I I I think it's great. Um, to, I've never been. Well, what I use it for isn't really what it's meant to be used for. But one the one thing it does do, which is really great, is you can, you know, if you. I I, would, I always found it frustrating, you know, when you plugged in electric, you know, if you didn't want to, you had to play silently or you didn't want to go grab big amps or whatever, and you wanted a moderately convincing electric guitar sound for some sort of demo purpose or, you know, some kind of sketching task, then, yeah. you know, the pods are, pods are incredible for that because you can just, you know, 
just sit, say you plug in, turn it on, and go. It's it's done fine. It's you know, I mean, it's 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 really nice. So I've used mine for that a lot. Um, because I I used to use it for doing some bass stuff as well, actually, because it just yeah. But anyway, that's it. That's an aside. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, shall we move on then from that piece of news? Yeah. What are we on to next? Uh, um, am I tabs in the right order? I have to go back to the thing. Oh, yes, closure. No. Uh, closure of the School of Music. This, so, yeah, this, this is, I've been on the cards for a while, but it's now officially announced by the University of East Anglia that the, their music department is to, is to close. Well, it, it will be accepting no more students, no more music students. So once the currently there students complete their studies, they will be, a, they will be it. I, I, you know, I wanted to put that in there because, you know, I just, I thought it was something we should definitely kind of mention. I don't really think, I, I don't really want to say much else other than just to acknowledge it's, you know, you know, to, just to highlight the fact that it, you know, these things are kind of happening and, yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. we could get into a discussion about the wider value of going on a music course and stuff like that, and I don't think we want to do that today. No. Okay. Okay then. Cool. Let's go on again then. Okay. So, um, stuff happening. It's kind of in an educational vibe, I suppose. The reason six producer masterclass events. So a very a number of places around the UK in the current coming weeks. Uh, Bangor, Northern Ireland, sixth of December. Nottingham, the seventh of December, and Norwich, the eighth of eighth of December. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, all being taken by mix engineer Gary Broman of Cheryl, Cor Cheryl Crow and Jacques. Yeah, so. There we go. So if you're in any of those places and use reason or would like to, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you just need to register. You need to register. It's free, but there is, you know, um, you do need to register as space is kind of limited. Uh, you can find mm -hmm. the link off to the site from our, um, from our show notes at wiki.theaudiopodcast. So. Look, oh, there's also going to be a giveaway and a competition to win a Reason refill collection worth over £400. Woo! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Cool. I think that's has made it through the main show content. Yeah, so... It's just a short show today, but that's okay. We've had some long ones, and I think it's nice to just have a short one. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about it, so, you know, there we go. So, um, so a bit of plunder, who are... Arr. Who are? Who are? Uh. That's what it's meant to be. <laughs> oh, oh, epic fail. There. <clears throat> it's, 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 it's a golden one, this one, isn't it? So, Audiomedia.com. Thank you. That's what we're much. talking about now. Um, yeah, so they, these, uh, th this link actually got Google Plus to me. Um, is that the correct term to use? I don't know. Uh, who knows? It, it, the equivalent of being liked on being sent to me no being tweeted to me it was google plus to me yes maybe i don't know but i was kind of like oh I, I don't really see why but then down at the bottom of this thing they have a whole load of buyers guys buyers guides which i think are actually pretty good yeah so the yeah well, the page loads with a flash based thing at the top um and then at the, at the bottom of the page there is oh okay now well i could have said it anyway um there's eight, eight of them here, PDFs, fairly sizable ones. I've only downloaded four of them and had a look. Um, the last one I downloaded was 
70 megabytes, which on my internet connection took five minutes. Um, yeah. They're very detailed, aren't they? They're, they are. They're really well put together. They're some... well put together. They're kind of sandwiched between advertising content, as you would expect. But, but, it, but you know, that's, that's fine because you're getting this kind of quality production material in between the adverts. Which, yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah, there's um, I read the one about dolls. That was the one and... I went to first as well, actually. I think yeah. you can always tell how good something is by, by its handling of that topic. Yeah. And I also then looked at the recorders, which is what I thought of at the beginning when you were saying about getting a standalone recorder thing, oh, like nice. a rap thing. Like they talked about different, talk about all kinds of different recorders in there. And also I downloaded, but have not looked much at. The the manual twenty eleven. Oh. Mm. No, I haven't. I, I I had a look at the do, the doors. Uh, the doors one was the one that I quickly looked at. Uh, I was like, oh, that's this is definitely worth taking a look at. I'm gonna look read some of the other ones over the week. I think so. That's quite interesting. No, yeah, very cool. So that, I think that's a good piece of plunder anyway. It's a, it is. It is indeed. Um, I like. Yeah, I, I like the way these things are very. They kind of like. They also explicitly say this is the 2011 edition of this, which because of this kind of information can become quite quickly dated. So if these things are to hang around for very long, then it kind of it's a nice kind of stamp when people, you know, we started off talking about history or talking about people talking about the history of digital media, um, digital audio. Yeah. And here we have kind of a chapter of it kind of frozen in time from a particular perspective. Definitely so, yeah. All laid out. So it reminded me of a um, little little booklet pamphlet flyery type thing i picked up in maybe 1998 perhaps and it was which talks about um making music on computers i think i picked it up in some chain music store and yeah i I tried to take it out so i could talk more detail about it but i I still have it hanging around and it's, it's an amusing little read because of how yeah, I know. Antiquated it all seems. So, yeah, I, I think these things with date stamps on them are great. That's for true. I, I used to, um, yeah, I, I sometimes enjoy perusing old magazines, you know, for for a similar reason. It's kind of fun to think, you know, to think back to magazines. And I don't know about you, but some of my old magazines, I, I'd actually kind of marked on them the things I wanted to get and things that I thought might be good to get or... And it's kind of interesting to look back on products and think, wow, it's, you know, wow, that really was a turkey, actually, or wow, that really was an awesome thing. And yeah, you know, <laughs> it's kind of fun to see that kind of stuff, isn't it? Ah. Maybe we should have that as part of, I, I don't know, I'm just sitting on my feet here. It'd be fun to have people's, uh, you know, historical, <laughs> historical products, <laughs> you know, kind of thing or something like that. would be fun. Oh. I feel I feel I feel I'm rambling, Sam. Do you have anything else to add to it? Um no, should we wrap it up? Okay, let's wrap it up then. So uh, this was uh, show number thirty seven, not yet seasonal of the audio podcast. Awesome the audio stuff. podcast app. You can find out what we've been talking about this week and other weeks at, at wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk. Yeah. And we'll be back next Monday, which will be the first of the festive ones, I guess. Mm. I don't know what that so, means, but <laughs> no, maybe we'll work it out in the minutes before we record the show. <laughs> sleigh bells, let's have sleigh bells. Let's, let's bring sleigh bells. That'd be awesome stuff. Uh, that that all sounds great across the um, 
Google plus Hangout compression. <laughs> so something like that, maybe that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right then. So um, I've been Scott Hewitt. Goodbye. I'm Samuel Freeman. Goodbye.